We wrote an article that went viral and sparked a natural hair revolution. We are Elise and Aisha, moms to small humans, digital content creators, licensed hairstylists, brand agnostic, curl educators, and generally your snarky girlfriends with no filter. We're two women from the south side of Chicago taking the stupid out of natural hair. Welcome back to Curls Disrupted. We've been gone for a minute. <laughs> yes, it's been quite a while. Uh, we last recorded and filmed in October of 2019. We were, uh, was it October? Was it November? It was one of no, those. But we, it was October. I don't even remember. We don't even know. <laughs> but it was the end of 2019. We were looking forward to busy um, end of years with holiday season coming around uh, with promotions that we were doing with our Black Girl Curls consumers um, and really getting excited about working with professionals in our tight curl mastery classes for 2020. In person. In person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because that actually we were supposed to start back up and then COVID happened well, um, we did actually, have two classes. We did have two classes. We did have two Still classes, did. but the podcast, I was saying, the, the podcast, literally, yes. the time we were supposed to start up was the time that COVID actually, like, became a real, for real thing. Yeah, so we got two classes in, one in Livermore and one in Memphis um, in February. And then right as we were about to head to Chicago to gather together with our videographer, our assistant, our makeup artist, and us in the same room. COVID shut everything down. So we are now going audio only um, and getting some really good topics and information out for you for this, like, Curls Disrupted season 1.5, because so much has transpired in this last six months of 2020, and all of us feel like we have been in the midst of Jumanji and (laughs) the movie 2012 that we just had to come and talk to you guys. (laughs) So first... Before we get into anything, we what we realized is we really hadn't gone into who we are on a professional in any of our podcast, our professional lives. Yeah, like we've talked about who we are as women, who we are as moms, wife, who we are as natural hair ladies, but we had not actually like spoken in depth about who we are professionally. Because this mini season that we're going to be doing is going to be strictly for professionals. Consumers, listen in. Definitely get an insight to what is happening uh, behind the chair. But this this couple of episodes is definitely going to be dedicated to our professionals. So we've been through some things and we've we seen some lot. things. <laughs> we have been through a lot. Like a lot in since... March. It's been ongoing. The people thought this was like, oh, it's just going to be a few weeks. We'll be back. And we weren't though. Nope. 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 <laughs> so who we are professionally, because this, this is leading to something. So stick with us because you kind of need this background information to then go where we're going to go towards the end of the episode. So I'm Elise. Y'all know who I am. Um, I have been a licensed cosmetologist for almost 15 years. Um, and I have always been committed to doing beauty differently. So I came out of the Aveda Institute, drunk the Kool-Aid, went on to manage and coordinate Aveda salons after graduation, um, and I worked hard in beauty and for beauty. 
Um, and when it came to be about 2010, I had to make a decision. Um, do I stay in the W-2 employment, work 40 to 45 hours a week, hustle grind culture of being a beauty professional, or do I chart my own path and give myself the ability to work with the clients and the hair that I actually desired? So I chose the latter. And in 2012, started out as a booth renter working with natural hair exclusively. So this was before um, natural hair really blew up in the consumer world. Natural hair YouTube was out. You had the blogs and the forums, but it was still something that was getting known to the consumer. And people were just really getting the courage up to transition or big chop to being natural. So I'm really grateful to have gotten in on the ground floor and seen all of the seen everything good, bad and ugly um, that has happened over the last 10 years of the natural hair world. Um, and with that, that shaped how um, I work, how I schedule, who I work with, and just pretty much everything that is related um, to my business, both in person and on the digital space. And I kind of came about this in a roundabout way. <laughs> I have been natural actually since 2011. Took me two tries, but I got there. Um, but going natural in 2011 really made me want, like, it made me interested to know more. I knew that what was being shared online, it didn't, it wasn't resonating with me. It, some stuff just didn't make sense. Like, I didn't see. I've been doing my hair since I was 13 years old. Yes, I had a relaxer, but it was not that complicated to do hair when I was 13. And here I am, grown as hell. Why is it so complicated for grown-ass ladies to do their hair? So um, I had a baby, um, and a year after being at home with my son, I'm like, I got to go to work, and I was not finding any work. And I started to become concerned about the type of job I was going to have to take in order to take care of myself and my son. It'd also be this solo mom that I, because I'm a solo mom, I knew it was just going to be me and him. And what kind of work can I get? that will allow me to mom on the level I want to mom on. So I had been blogging because I, I was a beauty blogger for a, a hot little minute. Uh, and Elisa's laughing because technically I kind of still am. <laughs> Just evolved. Just, in a, yes, thank you. Knowledgeable, yes. Yes. <laughs> so I, um, after being at home with my son for a year, I thought to myself, I was like, what is it? What do I have that I can use, like I already have that I can use to create something for myself? How can I find work that will allow me to mom on my level um, that I would like to mom on? And I was like, well, I'm interested in hair. Why don't I just go to hair school? This will be the prime opportunity because as a solo mom, guess what? I can get child care. I can find some money to get back to school because, you know, they always trying to help a mama out. You, they always are trying to help them. Yes, there are, there are always, programs, there's financing, there is grants, there's all kinds of money out there. There's money out there for mama. mama. Yeah, if you're a mama and you're like, what am I going to do? That was me. So I went I went ahead and I enrolled in school. What I When I enrolled, I actually shared on my Facebook. So um, when I shared on my Facebook, Elise actually was like, let me help. And here we are. Here I am, brother. <laughs> and here we are, right? Here we are, for real. <laughs> um, what, almost, like four years later, almost five years later? 
God, five. Because it was 2000. Five. My son was born in 14. I enrolled in school in August, or sorry, September. I started in September. I enrolled in August of 15. Yes. So it's been almost five years of us side eyeing. Actually, no, it's been almost 10 years of us side eyeing. Five years of working together. Um, and it's been very interesting that how we have decided to work through that five years, uh, both together and separately, has been what the so much of the beauty industry has been forced into because of COVID-19. So uh, we are going to share some of the things that, that we were doing before Corona uh, that we seem to be seeing stylists struggling with now. There's this mm-hmm. fight against the fact that this is a new normal. And everyone's like, well, it's not the new normal. It's just temporary. It's temporary. And we see, because comment sections are real. I, I read the comment section, whether they disagree, whether they think a mask is stupid. I like to read all of it because I want to know where people are. Um, but normal is whatever you make it. And so we are now forced into a new normal of how to work, who to work with, uh, when we work and what we do when we work, that this is instead of being something to rail against and being upset about and not knowing what to do with, this is a time where we get to set our new normal as beauty professionals. Um, normal does not necessarily mean being exhausted. It doesn't. You, you don't have to be tired. No more. <laughs> Normal doesn't mean being resentful that your client is disrespectful of your boundaries, your time, your effort, anything. This is not the time to be resentful in a mask. It's just not. This is a time to really like sit back and really put like what for you, for you personally, what is a priority for you at this given moment? If that's your health, Put your health first and put everything else second. Because I don't know any other time where you can just like focus on something that you really want to focus on and move at a slower pace than now. Because everybody's been moving so fast for the last, I'll say for the last 10 years, everybody's been moving so fast, trying to be in a million places at one time. And now it's like, like it's frowned upon to be a million places at one time. Right? Don't now. go no place. <laughs> <laughs> right. You can't go nowhere. And it also does it normal does not mean being exploited um, and by business, by customers, by ourselves, by our spouses, by anybody. So let's talk about how we've been working um, and how that translates to this. We, we ain't even post Rona, this current Rona time um, right. of how we can transition back behind the chair in a way that serves us and that is peaceful. Absolutely. So, <laughs> We have consistently, um, through the years, worked on one client at a time. Yeah, this is, you know what's interesting? Before um, everybody started heading back to work, we had talked about this. And I told you, I said, people are going to have a hard time with this working on one person at a time. And I'm like, we've been doing this all along. (laughs) Um, And so... Because n- not a lot of people know about the disability to work on one person at a time, they're not ready for what comes with working with one person at a time. 
And so let's define what working one person at a time means. Um, Because we're not necessarily even talking about only the people that double and triple book. We realize not everybody double and triple books, but there's quite often a time where you will end up with two to four clients in the salon rotating. So we're talking to everybody. If you feel like we're not talking to you, we're talking to you. Uh, (laughs) Because we don't feel like that we will be able to make enough money if we have to reduce the amount of clients we're working on during a day. So we've consistently been working on three to six maximum clients a day, making sure that those clients are being served well, um, having every single thing that they need, and um, we're not exhausting ourselves. So if that looks like us working from, because Aisha actually doesn't work evenings. I don't work mornings. I don't even care if it's a Saturday. You will still see me at noon and nothing early. I might come in at 11. Uh, but you do not want me in your hair before that time. Um, and it's being able to work that one client at a time and be very dedicated to who is in our chair um, has been very beneficial. Yeah, I right now I'm I start at eleven thirty, um, and I'm clear about that eleven thirty because that gives me enough space um, in my morning to also engage with my son. <laughs> um, maybe if I want to squeeze in maybe a workout in the morning, I can um, just to kind of get my day started. And this is all new because we're starting a new schedule this week um, in my house, so. <laughs> It's ever um, evolving, um, and most of it evolves around my child. Yes. Uh, so we're slowing down. Um, even us who've been working on one client at a time, we're slowing down significantly. Number one, we're wearing masks. And whether you're wearing cloth or paper or you got a bandana, it's just hard to breathe when you have something over your nose. So we're being slowed down, but then we're also should be intentionally slowing down so that we can catch everything the client is saying through the mask, make sure that we are present in our work, and then taking the time to sit, eat, breathe, clean, and ensure that we stay healthy. And drink some water. Yeah. We'll drink some water, okay? <laughs> and and tip, I actually, I and I'll be perfectly honest. I personally have not gone back to the salon. I've done one haircut in this entire shutdown time because I love my client. Um, and what I found is that the paper masks, even just like going about town, the paper masks are so much easier to breathe through than the cloth masks. So for those of you who've been like struggling for this last couple of weeks in certain areas, couple of months, like we've been here in Georgia open, um, that the paper mask, although I, I know they're wasteful, they're much easier to breathe through. I have some other masks, a um, friend of ours uh, who owns Rapparoo, she's selling PPE now and she sent me some masks. I haven't tried them yet, but she has the antimicrobial ones. Um, that actually have, there's a space and it's a cooling thing. It's a whole situation. I'm going to have to see that, but I'm like, I, I'm <laughs> pregnant, can't breathe. <laughs> I but need all the, the oxygen. does add an extra element of almost a workout <laughs> level of breathing um, because you're talking, you're having to grab a breath in the midst of you talking to the person that you're talking to. Um, and then there's a lull, like you just like, okay, we're not talking. <laughs> we, have, we have reached our talk max. 
let's all be quiet now. <laughs> let's cut and cut so we're, we're, we are able to focus our energy where it needs to go, this haircut or this color or whatever the service that you're doing that's in front of you. What we also, and we, we cover this in one of our classes named um, Pricing for Profit um, that actually is going to be part of something we're doing coming up soon um, is pricing for the time spent in the service. I cannot tell you how many times I read comments. Again, comment section, gold. How many times people say, I'm not going to raise prices when I go back to the salon? Now, I'm going to let y'all know just what I've, I've spent. And I haven't reopened yet. But I, <laughs> I personally, just to get the mask, the gloves, the hand sanitizer, the, clean, the cleanser, the extra paper towels that are going to be needed. Um, I ordered, I can't, there's some other stuff that I ordered. I've spent at least seven to eight hundred dollars on things that are unrelated to the actual job that I do we actually as as black girl curls contracted um with our attorney to draft us a liability form that was coins um so all the preparation for us to go back and be present and be able to be in the salon has cost us money at a time where we were not receiving revenue from the services that we normally receive revenue from. What do I look like going back to work after I've spent money and not raising my prices? What do I look like as a business person? A business person, because first of all, I don't care where you work, whether you're commission, W-2, team-based pay, uh, in a booth, in a suite, got a whole salon to yourself or you have employees, we are businesses. When business expenses go up and when the opportunity for revenue goes down because you're only able to see a certain amount of people a day, that price has to go up for you to have a sustainable business. We are not a charity. We are not a nonprofit. And even if a nonprofit was operating in that manner, they could not survive. At how? all. Like, I don't even know how anybody would remotely consider not raising a price in their business. I'm pretty sure, and we share costs for the salon here in Chicago. It is, a, even though it is separate, it is still a part of Black Girl. It's weird. Don't ask us why we, we, got, we got a whole lot going on. But we share a lot of, we share all of the costs that are associated with the salon space. When I can tell you off the bat, you said you spent eight. I know I spent anywhere from $1,000 to $1,200 for all the things that I purchased just so things were intact when I went back because that preparation wasn't just for the salons opening, but it also had a lot to do with the project that we worked on as well, making sure those things were in place. And so when I thought about it, I actually had to sit and think about like, okay, all the clients that I haven't seen since March, at this point, it's been over 16 weeks <laughs> and all of these haircuts are taking longer than they would have taken had people were had people been coming in for their regular maintenance. I had to create a new pricing structure <laughs> based off the fact um, that maintenance cuts are usually based on a certain amount of time the clients are coming in. And then I removed some items from the menu because nobody can book for that. Like nobody's in 
the, the right timeline. They're not in the timeline for any of these services, nor do I want to see you for just a wash and go when I know for a fact that every single person that is coming in is getting a haircut. So I had to do that. I had to spend some time on my website getting things in preparation before I went back to the salon. It wasn't just this like, well, I mean, this thing happened and you know what? Clients shouldn't be shouldn't be taxed for. It's not a tax. Um, and you shouldn't think of it as a tax. It is the cost of doing business. And those are there are uh, there are monies associated with that cost of doing said business. And that doesn't mean you have to absorb them and lose money because of it. And lose sometimes your ability to um, actually be at the place you are doing your job and being healthy. Um yeah. <laughs> I mean, my rent went up like in June. Did my landlord come back and say, you know what? Corona happened. You don't have to pay that extra. No, they did not come back to me and say that. They told me what it was going to cost. I signed a lease <laughs> and that lease is as it stands. Do you understand? Like we literally have paid rent. They, we just moved. We oh, this is this is even the kicker. Both of us. Well, say so. I have a suite here in Fayetteville. That's mine. I'm in Fayetteville, Georgia. I moved into my suite. Mm-hmm. Y'all gonna laugh. March third. I did <laughs> work days in my new suite. Black girl curls moved into their new suite. Was it like March first? It was like March first. It was March 1st. I don't know how many work days you managed to get out. I got about, I think I got about four to five work days. She got four to five work days. And I will say my suite here gave us about two weeks off of uh, paying rent. The suite in Chicago did not give any months off of paying rent. (laughs) Half. We pay half half the second month. The second month. We paid half for one month. Um, and these are completely brand new spaces that there was the cost, the the cost of getting up to shape, uh, switching out paint in both places, uh, getting furniture moved in both places, changing the bowls out in Chicago. Um, and so buying all chairs. Buying, oh, that's right. What you did buy chairs. <laughs> I bought some lawn chairs, sitting chairs, and extra chairs for seating. Like it was a bunch of chairs. I bought Eight chairs, eight, 10 chairs. Yes. It was, it was a lot of and it to be shut down. I shut down earlier than most of Georgia did. I actually was following the Chicago shutdown uh, because I'm like, I, I know where I live. They ain't got no sense. I'm going to follow the people that got some sense and ended up following um, the Chicago schedule for shutdown. Um, so all of these things happen um, and can be absorbed. But we also then have to see that we are still a business and when we're able to reopen, it's not about taxing or gouging our clients. It's about understanding where our businesses are, where understanding where our revenue is, understanding where the client's hair is and what we're going to have to put into it when we're coming back from that 16. And sometimes people were even longer than that because they were just coming up due as we shut down um, and really evaluating and not with an emotional sense, but with a business sense that this is what it is. It's not my responsibility to be in my client's pocketbook. It is not my responsibility to be in my client's home and 
figure out who and what and when and where, because yes, some people did lose their jobs and we are definitely empathetic about that. Not everybody lost their job. No. A lot of people did not lose their jobs. There's a, a lot, lot of people at home working from home, collecting their salary with no deductions and no place to spend it. No place. Like, do you realize how rich people are right now? Like, and I say that, I say that because almost everybody that I've spoken with that's still receiving an income, like we got all this money. And nothing to do with it. Like, we ain't gone to no movies. <laughs> we haven't bought no cars. We haven't just been at the grocery store. Like, let me throw $200 at Whole Foods just because I walked up and down these aisles. Right. So we can we can hold both of those ideas in hand. If we do want to want to extend some grace to some, some clients that are consistent, that are loyal, that are ever present in our businesses and have been in the support and who are affected by all means. But we should not be creating our business policy post-corona, well, current corona. Yeah, in the, um, <laughs> in the midst of the, in the midst of corona. <laughs> um, based upon statistics and based upon not looking at the true numbers of our own businesses and what we need to survive. Because we're essentially, as beauty professionals, having to design businesses that are created around how we want to live now, how we want to live, how we need to live. Do we have children at home that are not in school? Hmm. Both hmm. of us. <laughs> yeah. I had a break from a three-year-old since March, and I've been pregnant <laughs> since the same time. So, <laughs> so, bless them, bless them. Bless the children. But still, are we working around a spouse's schedule who's an essential worker? Are we working around... Um, the fact that we are single parents and needing to do what is necessary for us to both be a parent and be a worker. We have that freedom as beauty professionals. Our industry is only what we mold it to be. We don't have to work like the industry has told us we've had we have to work for the last forever 20 years (laughs) forever for the last forever because it just seems like and i'm coming into this as a total like i'm still a newbie in the sense of this upcoming august it makes three years behind the chair for me um and so for my observation on the outside when i came into this i i came from a retail background and so in retail there's not a lot of boundaries um in retail And so when I transferred over um, into the beauty space, I had very clear boundaries um, up front. I probably had clear boundaries that people have been in the industry way longer than me, um, just because I've already worked like that. And I was not going to submit myself to that type of ideology when I'm I'm sitting here in front of this business and I get to decide what the morals of this business are, what is the... The, the mission statement of this business, how this business actually lives or operates in the current times. I get to decide all of those things. And so I made it like I made my own decision very early on that I was not going to submit myself to what has always been because that didn't make sense to me when the clients are not the clients that were even 20 years ago. They're not the clients they were 10 years ago when I started. 
Um, there have been so many technological advances. There have been cultural advances when we, especially when we start talking about curls and natural hair movement, uh, wearing natural textures, color. I mean, when you think about how hair has shifted from everybody getting a full foil to everybody's now balayage. So when we think about uh, the ability to pivot, it rests within us. If we have been in a suite and we don't feel like that is what we want to go back to or something that we want to maintain, we can pivot and shift and head into an employment situation or a chair rental situation. Vice versa, if you feel like, okay, these folks in my salon have just decided to go against every single rule that the state board has created and not wear a mask and not clean and not do these things, you can pivot, you can shift, you can find a place that is going to clean, clean and con- cleanse and condition. <laughs> they might as well. <laughs> they might as well because you have to condition them the chairs after all they that barbecue. Well, actually, you got to clarify. <laughs> yes, they have, there's a clarification. Then you got to detox. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you have the power. And I think for a lot of beauty professionals, we get into this mindset of shooting on ourselves. We've got to stop shooting on ourselves. This is the perfect opportunity. Hate that it had to come down to this, but we have to pivot. There is an essential, it is essential now for just the continuation of our health, our businesses, our world even, to change how we think about working how we desire to work, how we actually are interacting with the clients and then taking the time to care for ourselves because what good are we if we don't have those boundaries in place? We stay at those locations, salons or any other beauty spas um, that are not taking our health at top rate or even if we're just like, I don't feel comfortable working. There are ways of being a beauty professional and not being behind the chair uh, that we do cover in uh, one of our courses, but there are ways to pivot how you work. And we just really want to inspire you with this first episode of season 1.5 is to really rethink about what you want out of your beauty career and then sit into actually getting it and doing it. Just like with all means, don't hesitate, like, execute like literally execute doing it making it actually happen because at this at this given moment there is no better time to make a huge pivot in your business than now clients are like they're just happy for you to be in the salon they're like i don't care what you got going on are you gonna be here at the date and time at the address that you posted to do my hair. That's all they care about. Anything else, your your rules, your you know new policies, I need you to sign this paper and all those things, they are abiding by it. They're not you know giving you a hard time. They're not sending a bunch of emails talking. They're doing what you've asked of them in exchange for your time and your location. <laughs> and if they are not, this is the perfect time to fire them. <laughs> and with that, y'all have a wonderful work week.